The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Social media doing social media things. Oh, well, it's, it's like a, two of the tweets that followed in after Matt from Streamwood got emotional on the air, uh, going in different directions. Um, Justin says, uh, shaking my head, I feel bad for Matt from Streamwood. This team is so disappointing. Agreed. And then Drew saying, Matt needs to toughen up. <laughs> They're the modern day Cubs. Just quit supporting them until the McCaskies hurt in the wallet. That part of the convo was glazed over George walking away to a tough statement from a fan perfect. They're the problem, period. So it's uh it, it it's I think you said it best that uh it's exhausting for week two. Totally exhausting it, it, for it, this it, time it, of the year. Like it's exhausting because we've been through a lot of these same conversations yep. um over the last decade. We we've had this with the different like Rinse and repeat. Exhausting with uh, Emery and yeah. and Tressman. Then it was exhausting uh, with Ryan Pace a few different times. And we're doing this again this early in this yeah, and, in and, this new regime. And, and listen, everyone has retreated to their you know their their different corners, so to speak. What's the problem? Everyone, I, I'm I'm tired of like even really arguing with people. I'm not even arguing with them, but. I don't care what the problems are and who's responsible. Everyone just fix it. Everyone be better. Everybody in all aspects. I don't think there's one single issue. I think there's a multitude of issues. I think there's a lot of culpability to be passed around. And everybody in the building needs to be better. I think that's really simple. Let's uh, go to Courtney Cronin, who is brought to you by Purple Wave Auction. And before we get answers from you, Courtney, on the team... Provide us with a little therapy, as we like to call it, like our, our version of therapy for Bears fans. Or buy us a drink, one of the two, because well, I need to drown my sorrows. You, you yeah, I'm, I'm a big proponent of um, the uh, liquid uh, therapy, the alcohol. <laughs> I think that that tends to be cheaper and yes. an easier fix. You don't have to go through any of the trauma. Yep. Um, and sometimes actually going through trauma with alcohol tends to help you sort through your problems. So that's always an option if you guys want to go that route. Too. Yeah, but then 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 uh, then you need to go to Alcoholics Anonymous eventually Not true. or something you just like do that. It responsibly. Okay. Yeah, do it responsibly. I mean, it doesn't have to. You don't have to be on a bender to go right, through all of these what's problems. Wrong I didn't know what all the losing work. the bears are doing. Oh my gosh, who are you, Otis the drunk? So so uh, Matt from Streamwood called, and I noticed his voice was was. Um, was quivering, and then he got was getting choked up, and then he was saying my name more than normal. And I said, Matt, are you emotional, or am I? Is the phone line not connected as well as it normally is? And he said, you know, he was emotional. He was in Tampa. He saw George there. George walked away after he told him that he was disappointed uh, with a football team. What would you say to Matt and Streamwood, who is getting emotional over this team after just two weeks? I would try to show empathy. I think that we could all do a little bit more of that uh, just in society to begin with. So I try to be try to be understanding at first, but then some tough loves probably going to come into play here because this this goes back to you know how many times I was told throughout the preseason. I mean, most of us on the beat, you know, you guys are so negative. Like you know, it's, it's only the preseason. It's only training camp, and and people who had the audacity to to claim that like we weren't really seeing something correctly or we were lying or whatever it was. 
no one came out of preseason that covers this team on a day-to-day basis thinking that this was, A, a playoff contender or a team that didn't have a lot of things to sort through and fix. Like, you saw a lot of the issues, the downfield passing, the holding onto the ball too long. You saw this stuff play out before your eyes in training camp. Yes, Justin Fields and DJ Moore, that connection was great, but that's also coming against your own pass rush that's not going to hit you. Um, and it was in situations that were controlled. This nobody like I, I just I I have a hard time feeling sorry for people that thought this was going to be you know all roses this year when we had been telling people throughout the off season after having educated observations that it wasn't a perfect it wasn't a perfect picture right now and that there was a lot of stuff to still sort through and you can't no one in their right mind would have gone into the season saying Justin Fields bar none, is the quarterback of this team for the future. This is such a critical year, not just because he's a first-round quarterback in year three, but because this team has to figure out what they're doing at the position. And if he's regressing and holding this offense back, that they might need to move on. So I think that you can approach it. Like, I'm not doing the kid gloves thing because I think – We've seen a lot of that the last couple of days with some of the comments that have come out uh, from Matt Eberflus, from you know the locker room post game in Tampa that just are sugarcoating a larger problem. But I do think for Matt and Streamwood, um, just be just be responsible with whatever whatever you're medicating with to get through this. But um, I, I would show empathy, but also then a little tough love in case we were going off the deep end and feeling sorry for ourselves. Let, let's focus on the offense. Uh, the defense needs a, a good talking to as well. But but offensively. Um, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, there's a lot, a lot of blame to go around. How would you advise Luke Getze to try and make life easier for his young quarterback to get something going and get a little confidence built early in a game? Which I thought that they should have had, considering they scored on the first drive in Tampa, but it really never manifested itself in sustained success. You've got to get your quarterback confidence. Like He does not have that confidence right now, and a lot of that is... A lot of that's on him and the things that are struggles within his game that have not changed since he was a quarterback at Georgia, Ohio State, and in his early part of his NFL career. But where are the zone reads? Where are the QB traps, the powers, the RPOs? Where are those things that are supposed to help your quarterback get into a rhythm where he can feel confident in what he's doing and more effectively move the ball downfield? Like, I'm not sure why Justin Fields has gotten into a drop-back game, three-step, five-step drops. He's done it 66 times through two games. And when you know that your quarterback holds on to the ball too long, then that's going to result, honestly, in what you've seen, where you've had 43 dropbacks from this quarterback that twenty-three when he's had three or more seconds to, to throw, and 23 of those, so half, have resulted either in an incompletion or a sack. That's not helping your. That's not helping your guy whatsoever. And I just I, I look back at some of the good plays that they had, some of the good drives that they had against Tampa Bay. Nice dose of play action on that first touchdown drive. Uh, you know, he hits DJ Moore on the thirty-three yarder, and then they score. And then the play. And I, I think Sylvie, I saw your tweet on it. Like as I was watching it, that throw to Cole Komet. Yes, it was incomplete because the defender made a good play on the ball too at the sideline. That is what you need to see. Rolling him away from pressure immediate on the play action, get Justin on the run, perfectly placed ball. Like that's the stuff that 
like, why are we seeing it so few and far between as part of this game plan? That's a problem because you can do things as Luke Getze has shown. He can adjust. He adjusted last year, starting in week seven with some of the designed runs for the quarterback, which again, kind of baffling that there's only been four for Justin Fields in the first two games, but it's not that he's incapable of doing it. I just am really surprised at some of the things that they're asking Justin Fields to do, knowing that that's just never been his strength. Do you think, Courtney, this is the week that they, they do adjust the game plan pretty dramatically? I mean, you're going against Kansas City. Um, they're 11.5-point underdogs right now. And that's not – I mean, of course, a lot of that has to do with the fact that you're facing Patrick Mahomes. But, you know, defensively, they've got Chris Jones back. Against that offensive line, you're going to have to roll Justin Fields away from pressure because that's – you know, as he's shown, you got to get him on the move because if he sits back there and he's waiting for guys to get open downfield, he can't deliver on that. He's shown that. And I know that, like, the film breakdowns and what they've said on NFL Live and Get Up, like, questioning, can he actually see downfield? Is there something There's something wrong? Can he? Is that just a broken confidence thing, or is he literally seeing something that doesn't exist? I, there were moments that I remember turning to people in the press box asking – is he seeing ghosts right now? Because that honestly felt reflected in the way that like the game was going for Justin Fields, where he was in a situation multiple times that just looked uncomfortable, did not look like somebody who had confidence to make those throws, even with guys not just open, not just NFL open, but like legitimately open, open. So I would imagine, I mean, they, they, they have no choice because they're going to be more than likely, this is a 13-game losing streak, that gets extended out against Kansas City. And if you don't show any signs of adjusting what you're asking the quarterback to do and trying to inject a few plays in there to get his confidence going, then you're in a tough situation going forward, coming home, riding a 13-game losing streak to have him do that against Denver. Aren't these things that they could have worked on in preseason, trying to iron them out, see what he's good at, see what he's not good at, and and had a better game plan for the start of the regular season? I'm going to be honest with you. When people talk about, like, oh, give him time, like he still needs time, like we're three years into this guy. He's had 27 starts, and yeah, not everything's been perfect. This is the NFL. Not everything's going to be perfect. They know what they have in Justin Fields. Like, whether they will say it or not, they know whether truly in their heart if he is a guy or if he's not. And they knew going into this season, you've had months to work with the new personnel that was brought in on the offensive side of the ball. They had months to, to figure this out. And they just look shell shocked these first couple of these first two games. And, you know, some of that is, is Luke Getze talking about, like, I remember I wrote something in early, early August about the areas in which they were judging Justin Fields growth this year. And, when Ryan pulls, the first thing that comes out of his mouth after roster cut down when he's asked that same question is, you know, take less sacks. He's got 101 through three seasons. That hasn't changed. And I don't, like, I don't see how you couldn't have had a better plan for a quarterback that you know holds onto the ball, pats the ball in the pocket, and then ends up not being able to, to, to move out of those inopportune situations. And I thought it was interesting because when I asked Matt Eberflus about some of those instances, one in which Darnell Wright got beat, he, he handled one block and then he broke off to, to handle the free rusher that was coming at field and couldn't contain him. Justin, was his eyes were downfield. He was looking, but he couldn't sense the pressure coming off of his right shoulder. And 
that's instincts. You either have that or you don't. You cannot teach that. So if knowing all of that, knowing that you can't put your quarterback in situations where he's asked to stay in the pocket like that, on a, on a routine basis, you've got you better find a way to work around that in Kansas City. Otherwise, it's going to be the same result, if not potentially even worse, because of what it's going to look like on the other side with Patrick Mahomes commanding his offense. And you know the Bears, you know if if it looks anything like it did the last two weeks, they won't be close. Yeah, I, the the only thing that like concerns me when they do that is, of course, you've got to make your quarterback more comfortable when you start taking plays out of the equation. You really put a you know artificial ceiling on what the offense can be in some ways, and I think that you know not to make any excuses for them because I've questioned a lot of the stuff that they have done. I think they're still in the feeling out and the learning process to find out. And maybe you're right, Courtney. They should have already known that some of this stuff isn't you know his strength, and you should just tailor the things that he does do well to him. But again, you know what defenses know that too. I mean, it's it's kind of a yeah. conundrum. Well, that's, I mean, look at, look at the zone coverage numbers that he's facing. Right. It's the third highest of any starting quarterback through the first two games. That takes away his running lanes. Those don't exist anymore. And that puts, you know, not to, like, you know, takes the pressure off of the play calling, but that, knowing that, that puts them in a situation where they can't, they can't design as many runs or at least, you know, execute as many that they might have, like, you know, in the back of their, in the, you know, back of the play sheet for him. It, he's in a bind because teams have figured out the best way to defend him and the bears haven't found a counter to that. But I just, I, I just feel like the way that it's being presented right now, they're handling him with kid gloves in a lot of respects. Like the idea that the spacing of receivers, especially on that one, I think that he had is over four seconds, namely 4.7 seconds almost, where he had time to throw when he took a sack. That was when they were at the 24 of Tampa's uh, in Tampa's territory, so just right outside the red zone. And Matt Eberflus was talking about Roshan Johnson hesitated a little bit on his route, and that messed up the timing. He was still open. There was still a chance for Justin Fields to throw that ball. So the idea, and I, I'm sure some Bears fans look at this the same way, the idea that, like, oh, oh, sorry, it's it's not on fields there. Look, like, the receivers, like, the spacing was off on that. Like, there were a couple plays, but the one where Cole Komet and DJ Moore ended up in the same spot, yeah, that's, you can give credence to that. But when Justin Fields has a guy that's wide open, even if the timing of the route is a little bit off, good quarterbacks, great quarterbacks can make that play. Good ones can see it and at least throw the ball in that direction. you got to be able to, to give your guy a chance. Because not everything's going to be perfect. And I feel like we are in a situation where it's, oh, well, this, this failed, so this is why Justin Fields couldn't make this play. Or this wasn't the right circumstance, so this is why they were behind the eight ball. If you, if you want to win games, if you want your quarterback to grow, then he's got to be able to get out of jams and make plays that we have seen him make in spurts, but make them on a consistent basis. Because otherwise, you know your answer. And when you talk about that perceived ceiling – then that's the ceiling on the quarterback that if you think he can't do that on a consistent basis, you already have your answer. Courtney, uh, when does Getze speak? And will like it seems that a lot of the uh, national guys, when they're criticizing Getze, they have a problem with that last screen pass. That they say that they lined up in that same formation to run that screen pass three different times in the, in the last couple of minutes there. Will you ask them why they ran that same play three different times? Of course. I mean, he talks on Thursday, and I think that those are all valid questions. And 
you know, part of it, too, in that, like, when I asked Matt Eberflus about that on Sunday, he said, you know, it's a great play when it works, and then you get criticized when it doesn't. But it's first and 11 from your own six-yard line. The play before that, I think, needs to be brought into question. When we're talking about Chase Claypool, and, oh, look, he had a good game. Like, he caught a touchdown. His first one is a bear. You know, eight targets, turning those into three catches for 36 yards. Nobody should be, you know, howling to the moon on that. Yeah, but, but, like, that's improvement. But is he telling you that he didn't know that he told us, like, verbatim, like, you know, what happened? Because I asked him. I was like, what about the inconsistencies? You know, one, the first drive's great. The next six, six are not great. Um, and then the eighth drive on his touchdown, like, what happened? All of a sudden, you guys, like, got it back together. And he made this comment that, you know, if 10 guys are doing their job the right way and one isn't, then something like that can happen. And he took, you know, to his credit, he took blame for the, you know, thinking it was a run play when it was a screen. And, of course, because he engaged with the blocker before the ball was thrown, um, that became, you know, a penalty where they moved back to the six-yard line. What are they teaching? Like, is that just him not grasping the like the plays still? Is that just a normal mistake that you're okay giving him a pass on because not you're right not everybody's going to be perfect all the time but what does that say because that's the play that backed them up to that unfortunate down and distance and the unfortunate part that it was at the six yard line but if i i just i worry about like when they're in those situations i know the play the play sheet shrinks but if you don't have any sort of out there and i I only say this because I watched it last night, and I remember it was before the turnover. But there was a third down with the Browns backed up deep into the, like their own territory. Deshaun Watson he ended up fumbling the next play and gave the game away. But it was a great play design to, I think, Amari Cooper, where he got them out of a bind on third and long. Like, why can't, why can't those play designs work for the Bears? I mean, I don't know if you'll ever get a direct answer on that, but it's like it's not impossible. You don't have... Like, I just don't buy the excuse that your play sheet in that set of circumstances shrinks that much that that was the only play you could run three times in a row to try to, to try to force that thing through because, as we heard from Levante David, they knew what was coming, we're as they to, should. We're not allowed to have nice things. We're just not. It's not, it's not part of the plan. We're not allowed to have nice things. I mean, I'm going to show empathy because I said that I would, at mm-hmm. least with Matt from Streamwood, but it's it's frustrating and I understand it because you get sold the same, the same message time and time again, without any sort of real answer that comes out of it. And you've got to wonder like forecasting this thing out. If it's a 13 game losing streak that extends to 14 games, Mm -hmm. it what's the straw that breaks the camel's back here last year at this time. I mean, they were one and one at this time last year and then they were two and one, but at this time, if, if these same things happened last year, there would be a path given to it because of the circumstances of which the team was not set up to win. It's a different era, but the same result in 2023. And eventually, if this thing continues and you don't see improvement, then there is either a personnel change, a coaching decision change, or something that has to happen because they can't, they can't have this thing go 20 games. They like, better, and that's obviously oh the nuclear option. They, they better find some answers, and I mean everyone, players and coaches, quick, quickly. Because I got a feeling that the guy who's in charge now up there isn't going to show the patience that the previous no. guy did. And I mean the president. Of course. No, I mean, Kevin Warren had a front row seat to it in Tampa. Yes. Um, and it's, it's just, like, I think there was a lot of, 
wishful forecasting that came from the team, came from fans, that everything was going to be different because they had gone through hell in a three and fourteen season in a franchise worst ten straight losing ten ten uh, game losing streak. The fact that that's continued. Like, patience is running thin. Um, and you can tell even just with the mood within the locker room and the mood around Hallis Hall that not every, you know, it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel when you feel like you're still going through this awful stretch and you don't know when it's gonna, things are going to break your way. But you can't, it just can't go the way that it did the first two weeks if they hope to climb out of this hole and, and just try to get things back on track. No one's asking them to go to the playoffs this year. I have been adamant that they were never in contention for being a postseason team. I know a lot of people hated my take on that. I think it's very clear what this team is right now, but it also is not an excuse that they can't find some way to adjust and be better because this is not, this is not the sign of a winning football team right now. And I'm, I'm honestly kind of tired of that whole adage, like you got to learn how to win games. No, just go do it. Like Stop talking about learning how to do it. Just do it because you have talented enough players. A lot of this is on adjustments that players can make, but also that coaches can make too to put players in better position to win. Courtney, great stuff. Thanks, we'll, be Courtney. Up, we'll be up there tomorrow, so we'll see you there. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. There's Courtney Cronin We're all, all over exhausted. the Bears. Yeah. All of us are exhausted. Yeah, we, we, we need some wins. Uh, this portion of Waddle and Sylvie brought to you by Steinhoffels. Uh, they're awesome. They're right down the street from Hallis Hall in Vernon Hills. They've got a few different Illinois locations. The newest one in Harwood Heights. If you're looking for new furniture, uh, they got all sorts of great stuff. I could use I'm, a therapy couch. I am getting a couple new ones. New love seats for uh, the basement and... Uh, some great stuff. Coffee table. A couple nightstands as well. Nice. Steinhoffels is a place I shop. You should, too. Check them out online as well at steinhoffels.com. Do they have hanging chairs, too, for like you could put into the ceiling? They got anything everything? and everything. Okay, yes. Cool. I don't know about a hanging basket or anything like that. Is that what you were thinking of? Uh, just anything. Everything. Okay. Anything and everything. White Sox baseball up next. Thanks to Barstool Big Cat and Courtney Cronin. Thank you to Tyler and Meller. For Waddle, I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great Tuesday night. It's the classic! I am really excited. That was a, that was a big thrill. Hi, it's Andre Dawson, including myself, Ed Belfour. Who's getting wild tonight? That's what I'm talking about, baby. No high from you. What? No high from you. I give him more buys than highs. Waddle, waddle, waddle. And thank you to all and to all a good night. I just want to say thank you all, and as always, everybody else. I love y'all. 